Welcome to Ridge to Ridge Outdoors podcast. We talk hunting, fishing, camping, and everything in between. Ridge to Ridge Outdoors is based out of Temecula, California, and we want to share the knowledge gained through the ups and downs of Southern California hunting. Through this podcast, we hope to inspire the youth to get outdoors, help fellow hunters find success, and bring awareness to the issues facing our community today. Help us spread the word and get our community on the map for the level of skill and determination it takes our outdoors men and women to get it done in Southern California. All right, Brandon, time for another one. Another episode of Ridge to Ridge Outdoors. A little different right now. Just yeah, me I know. And you. It's me and you just like uh, back to the old days. Yeah. Back when we uh, didn't have guests or anything like that. Um, but the entire point of today's episode is kind of like a bonus one because we're recording this in the middle of um, the four-part series with Steve Trigliato on waterfowl hunting. And some stuff has kind of come up and we've really needed to kind of get it out there before, you know, before we forget about it. And um, one of the kind of big things that happened is uh, Brandon had a hunt scheduled in Utah and something kind of happened to it. So let's start from the beginning. We talked about your Utah hunt. You were going to go hunt fuzzy bucks. Yes. Um, it, their opening season in Wasatch East, if I, if I remember right. Yeah. yeah. Wasatch West? <coughs> Wasatch East. Yeah. So I drew that tag. Well, let's start back. Me and Matt, we put in for that tag and didn't draw it, right? Because I thought, well, if I'm a non-resident and I put in the party tag um, for a non-resident, the amount of points it took to draw, uh, I had, and for the non-resident, the amount of points it took to draw, Matt didn't have. So, um, I put in thinking, well, they would pull my application, and if I got it, then Matt would get it. Well, I think what happened was contrary to what I'm talking about. I think what happened was they pulled it and ran it since he's a resident through Matt's name, and we didn't get it. Well, fast forward three weeks. And the state of Utah calls me up and offers me my number one choice. So then I said, oh, okay, well, give me a few minutes and I'll call you back. And they said, okay. And I rang Matt and Matt was like, yeah, get it, take it. And we'll go out and we'll hunt. He'll just get a spike only tag. So great. Bam. I called Utah up, gave him the okay. They hit my card. Tags in the mail. I get my tag. We're pumped. We're talking about it. We're planning it. And uh, things come up on his end, which is going to prevent him to go. And I'm like, oh, man. And I'm like, well, solo hunting's not, um, to me, isn't so, I don't know. I enjoy solo hunting, but going a 1,000 miles away from home, solo hunting in the backcountry, it's just a little sketchy for me. You know, I've never done it. There's so much more at stake, too. Yeah. It's like the, the added pressure of... Hey, it's a road trip. Then it's a solo camping trip, and then it's it's also unfamiliar territory. Yeah, and I, I'd it, never been in that unit, anyways. I mean, I went up there in May, and me and Matt had already planned on put. I can't remember if we put in for the draw by May or if it was whatever it was. But I'd gone up to go turkey hunting up there, so I kind of had an idea of where it was. But where I would be hunting fuzzy bucks compared to where we were chasing turkeys, completely two different areas, you know, like I was. Yeah, different terrain, yeah. different everything. And and Matt lives up there. It's in his backyard. So it, it just worked out. So, like, if we got these tags, it would be great, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when he didn't get the tag and then work issues came up and family stuff came up, uh, he wasn't able to go. Then I was sitting there going, well, what am I going to do with this money that I just spent, you know? And, um Long story short, um, I, after talking to my chick, I'm like, you know, I just decided, screw this. I'm not going to go, right? So I forfeited my tag. I got my permit. Um, it is what it is. Uh, or I'm sorry, I forfeited my tag and I got my point back or my points back. Which is incredibly lucky. Yeah, you know, Utah does that and that's cool. Um Coincidentally, John from JP Outdoors, he's going to go elk hunting up there September 5th. Well, I still have the vacation days I need to burn. So I decided, screw it. I'm running with John. So it all panned out. It worked out. I'm still going to be able to get out and hunt. I'm not chasing fuzzy bucks. I'm just going to be chasing, you know, uh, 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 any bull unit 
we're gonna be chasing elk so it should be fun is that official now that you you're going yeah i changed some va- i changed the vacation days around and my my chick was pumped that i decided to do that and and i'm going man it, you know it kind of sucks because i really did have my heart set on chasing fuzzy bucks this year i'd never done it yeah it sounds it, like a really cool it, opportunity yeah, you know but going from one one extreme to the other like i was gonna go with matt we we're gonna go spike camp it and go backpack it and just be on the high country you know like that'd yeah. be super fun and 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 just super adventurous it'd be great i've never done that before i mean i've camped out there in the back country before not necessarily that unit but i've done that type of hunting but i'd i never chased muleys like fuzzy buck style with my bow yeah exactly so the when that all fell apart, it was kind of like, well, I don't want to waste the money. So then I was kind of tossing it back and forward. And and then I actually had said, I'm going, I don't care. I'm going to go solo. Right. And, uh, it just, as the days went on after Matt had said, I can't go. Um, it just started to wear on me a little bit and talking to John. John's like, well, why don't you just go with us? And I said, well, if you guys got a spot, that probably makes more sense. And that's what I decided to do. Yeah. One of the things, I was actually talking to a buddy of mine. He, uh, I can't remember what we're doing. We're driving my truck for some reason, but I I was talking to him about trip planning. And it was just one of those things where the longer amount of time you have, the more time you can talk yourself out of it. Oh, that's what I was talking about. He was like, why do you have all that stuff in the back of your truck? Uh, or something like that. Or I was explaining why I had a bunch of stuff in the back of my truck. I can't remember. My, I mean, it's not aim, it's not pointless stuff. It's all camping gear. Yeah, everything that I have on my truck. I, for those of you who don't know, I, I bought a new Toyota Tacoma. And uh, previously before that, I used to ride a little Yamaha XC250. And it had luggage every way and sideways. It was, like, packed. Great. It had water. It had gas. It had a tent. It had a tool bag. It had a tire and tube on the front of it. It was crazy. You'd look at it, and you'd be like, what is this guy gearing up for? But what I was gearing up for was a spontaneous adventure adventure because that's what I'm, that's what I'm all about. I'm all about spontaneity. And if I want to go and I have the opportunity to go, I'll go. Right. But when it comes to longer trips, like the trip that you were planning in September uh, or, you know, this weekend, this weekend, um, when you get your tags early and you put in points for it and you have this time to plan it, you also have time to back yourself out of it. Yeah. And that's kind of a crazy thing that a lot of people don't know how to handle. Um, I don't know how I would have handled your situation because I'm really great at talking myself out of stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I have everything in my truck that I need to go camping or hunting, you know, uh, to an extent. I just don't have my bow in there right. um, at a moment's notice because the the faster I can get out and on the road i'm committed at that point yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like i there's no excuse well, and you're you're absolutely right with the more time you have you talk yourself out of it because i found out what i find out week and a half ago yeah i think roughly week and a half ago and i'm supposed to leave tomorrow which is thursday the what would it be the the 15th yeah thursday the 15th was when i was supposed to leave because the season opens up on the 17th right mm-hmm. so I've, I've known for a week and a half and if matt would have backed out two days ago you would have been still I, going. I would have been going, man, yeah. because I would have been thinking everything already be in my truck, ready to rock. Or, I mean, in my Corolla, because I was going to drive my Corolla up. I yeah, said, that's, also, my that's truck, also another you know? logistical problem yeah. that would have popped up. And, and that was the whole deal, too, was, you know, he actually had told me, uh, you can borrow my side-by-side. Like, don't worry about it. Take my Ranger. Um, oh, wow. That's yeah, awesome. he, he just said, take it from my house and go, you know. You can leave from my house and, and go up, and, which would have been great, and I could have base camped out of his, his Ranger, right? Mm-hmm. But... It just when it when he first backed out and and it sucks. I know he's bummed. He he really is. He really wanted to go. But yeah, of course he's a, he's a hunter. Yeah, he wanted to go. It just you know, unfortunately things happen, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it is what it is. So he um, like I said, he was bummed, and uh, he told me take the ranger and go. And if I can get out for a day or two, I'll go. Well, I mean, like I said, if it would have if he'd have backed out a couple of days ago, I'd already be committed, and I'm going. Well, a week and a half, you have time and you can think about it and like yeah. logistically think about it and, and go, how am I really going to do this now that I'm going to be in a unit that I don't know, I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. I and mean, you don't have this knowledge base with you to help you. Right. Because Matt lives in that unit. He's in there scouting all summer long. He'd had everything picked out. I mean, he's got pictures of deer that he's been watching for, you know, a full month. And, and I'm just like, 
man, I couldn't imagine getting an arrow into one of those. Yeah, but it, 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 it's a completely different ball game out yeah. there. So maybe next year, yeah. you know, maybe 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 next year me and Matt do it, and and it just ended up working out. It's gonna end up working out as far as going elk hunting with John. You know, um, I know he really wanted me to go uh, with him. And the fact that uh, it's going to happen. So he's pretty pumped too. So it's not like all is lost, right? Yeah, of course. You're still going to get a Utah hunt in. Yeah. One of the biggest things that I was kind of looking forward to was hearing you on the podcast with Matt. You, just you and him talking. Oh, like, I know. When you guys went, I don't know. I've, I've met the guy one time, but it was, you know, it was, we were with each other for eight days. You yeah. know what I mean? And hunting with another person, even a stranger, will make you friends because that's Without it a doubt. because you have to trust each other you have yep. to trust each other and you share things that normal people don't share because of the environment that you're put in right and you know Matt's just a, a down-to-earth dude and i would love to hear you guys get a little drunk because yeah. you guys like drinking i like drinking too yeah, when yeah. you're you're in deer camp and just hearing you guys spew it on on the microphone well and that was the whole thing he was like super pumped you know yeah i, I said man all of our podcast gear is mobile yeah right so we would have had a podcast it was, I had planned it out where I was going to do like a two-parter, yeah. right? So I was going to do one right when we got there mm-hmm. that night. Uh, so essentially tomorrow night and then pack everything up and um, leave it at his house and then go out in the field and only bring the recorder and it wouldn't be the sound quality it is now, but we would be in camp midway through, do another podcast. Yep. And then at the end of our yeah and then tie it all into one so it'd be one podcast but a three-parter yeah right so we'd be awesome beginning mid and and ending and then kind of just take the listeners with it and i had it planned out and i think it would have been super cool because the first part would have been good quality like we have now yeah the second part would have just been voice off of the recorder which i mean it's still excellent quality but it would have been real in the field it would have been real in the field crackling fire and dude it would have been so it would have been rad so you know, it is what it is. It happens, and it it kind of sucks. But hey, it is what it is, man. Uh, well, and, the the and, better, the best part about it though is I'm able to save some time. The one thing that I'm looking at it and pulling some light out of it is I'm able to save some time to spend more time in Idaho with them this year. Yeah, that's true. That that's also planned. You guys have had that plan for yes. forever. So, um, really, the kind of we kind of buried the lead with this one. It's hunting is kind of one of those crazy things where there's such a huge off season and we get to this point where, Hey, it's time to jump or not Mm -hmm. because there's such a narrow window and sometimes things are just out of your control and you just kind of have to roll with it. Yeah. One of the biggest things that really sucks is when you have to cancel a trip, man. Yeah. Like, thank goodness there's not a ton of repercussions for what happened, Mm -hmm. but sometimes there are, sometimes you lose out on a couple hundred bucks. Sometimes you lose out on vacation days and you end up just sitting on your butt. Yeah. Like, uh, last year when you were, I think it was, you, you had a week off for some reason. I can't remember why, but you ended up just chilling at your house, not hunting. It was last year. Yeah. Yeah. For whatever reason, I didn't end up doing whatever I had planned. I can't remember what it was. Was I supposed to go to Michigan or something? I think so. Yeah, I was supposed to go back and see my family and go hunt whitetail back there, but for whatever reason, it didn't happen. I think, you know what I think it was, to be honest with you? I think it was when I first started looking at that trip, like two weeks out before I wanted to go or three weeks out before I wanted to go, I found like plane tickets that were super cheap. Yeah. And then when it was like, I'm going to go, like I'm, I made up my mind, I'm going to go. Then I looked, they were like 1200 bucks. Yeah. And I went, oh, Go back and use for five days, you know, for twelve hundred bucks. I mean, I yeah. love my family, <laughs> but at twelve hundred bucks, yeah. man, that's a lot of money. And it's just one of those things where, like, do you regret not hunting or buying that ticket when you saw it was cheap? Or it, it, well, yeah, absolutely, because I did. I literally sat. I mean, I I think I got out locally here a few times, and and you know what? I think I filled my time with just working. Um, I took a bunch of call outs during yeah. that time, and uh, I was able to make a bunch of money, but. Um, yeah. I do, it's, you know, you can always make money. So yeah, I wish I would have just jumped on those tickets and went, Yeah, you know, I could have, I could have had another story about a whitetail, you yeah. know, Who and knows? season is only so long. Yeah. And this is, this is kind of what happens with the season because for us, so in Southern California, you can, you can hunt your age 22, which starts in the beginning of September mm-hmm. and literally it'll run till the end of December. So if you pick up a AO or a D 16, 
you can hunt from September to December in Southern California, right? In San Diego County. Yeah, with a one-week break in between. Right. So do the math. That's kind of a long time. I think it's four months. But it blows by, dude. It does blow by. But what I'm saying is you... If you hunt a lot and you're able to get out in the field, you you tend to start saying there'll always be tomorrow. Like, yep. Like, oh, I don't have to hunt today, right? Like, I can hunt tomorrow, right? So you kind of talk yourself out of hunting that day. Yeah, you know that's the guy, the buddy I was talking to you about was we were riding in the truck yesterday, and that same thing happened. Where um, I can't remember what he said. It was like if you don't prioritize what you're going to do tomorrow today you're never going to do it and it's just one of those things with hunting like you say oh there's going to be another day there's going to be another day there's going to be another weekend i'm just going to get another day off sometime later in the season and it's never going to come unless yeah. you prioritize it yeah you have to prioritize it and then at the end of the year you're going to be like what the heck i only got out on the mountain this yeah. many times i blew all this time i yeah. could have been hunting this whole time <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean that happens man so it's and that's why i like to plan my seasons out quite a bit you know mm-hmm. or if you get in a situation where you're like Speaking of time management and prioritizing things, are you going to prioritize a deer, a legal deer, or are you going to prioritize a trophy or the biggest buck you can find? Right, right. And that's what happened, you know, um, I don't want to blame you on anything, but I had an opportunity on a doe and I was like, I don't want to take this doe right now because I, uh, like I legit thought about it. I was like, Brandon's not here. I'm not going to do it. I think I was hunting with. I think it was with John and then John was doing his John thing where he just right. used to hear, I'm going to go hunt some deer. Yeah, the light switch bet. went yeah. off. And yeah. Said, I got to go spot and stock by. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I just ended up staying in the blind and then I, this doe walked up on me and I'm like, I could take that right now. But you know, I didn't. And I kind of hit myself for it. Well, but, now you ended up with no deer because yeah. you, you thought that way. Yeah, I, but, I'm, I'll tell you right now, pri- prioritizing, like what animals you want? It's all fine and dandy. If you want to do that, do that. But this year, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, yeah. You, you get legal you. legal animals are getting it. Yeah, Le- I, I made it. that mistake last season, and I'm not going to make it again this season. Like I'm going. Yeah, this is it's going to happen. Yeah, without a doubt, man. There's a lot of people pulling for you. I know, dude. I got, we actually we'll transition perfectly into yeah. uh, some people that we met who said that to my face, person yeah. to person. They, um, uh, Brandon and I, and also Tony from Hunt Shoot Drag. We went down to Balboa Park mm-hmm. and shot the SD Muley season opener with yeah. season opener two. Season opener two, yeah. They had their their, their other one that annual, got. and it was a great time. We met a lot of people and we shook some hands and we finally got to meet some people. Who were in. I finally met Bass and Rob. Yeah, man, I, <laughs> I've known him for a while and uh, I've saw I've hunted with him. Well, what it, we attempted to one day, but I've known him for a few years. And, uh, it's like, he's, he's a good friend. Yeah. He's like the good friend that you have that you never see. Yeah, exactly. Like he's and a good, I just, would hunt with the guy anytime of day. Yeah. You I, just link up and then yeah. it's like, you haven't missed a beat it, with each other. Exactly. And, and seeing him at the shoot and he was with his wife and his buddies, like obviously I, we didn't shoot with him, but he had a full crew with him and super cool guy. Yeah. And speaking of that, let's, let's talk about that shoot. It was like, I've never shot there. It's literally Balboa Park. It's like Powell Archery Range or something like that. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's a walking course. It costs two bucks to go on. Um, and they have targets set up, but it was put on by SD Muley, uh, Travis from SD Muley. And he set up this awesome, awesome course. It was 28 targets. And his focus at the very beginning was saying, um, what shots would you take as an ethical hunter? And some of the shots were like, I wouldn't take this as a... Absolutely. Like, they were sketchy, man. Yeah, there was a lot. But guess what? You realize, like, oh, this is just, you know, 3D archery. We're just going to try it. And then you realize, like, oh, that was dumb. Yeah. That was a dumb idea. That was a gut shot. Yeah. Where you think, like, oh, man, I'm a good shooter. I can get this. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, some environmental factor plays in, Mm -hmm. and you... You punch through a cactus. Yeah. (laughs) You punch through a cactus? Well, on the bobcat. Oh, okay. You know. But... Like, for example, we were shooting with Tony, and there was one, it was like a, a bedded doe in the shadows, like behind some like some juniper tree or something like that, some bush. It was put there by design, of course, and it was like only a 20-yard a shot. Yeah. And, you know, we took the shots on it, and, dude, if you tap one single branch, it'll go left, it'll, it'll go right, it'll do crazy things, yeah. and that's what happened to Tony. It deflected. You know what I mean? 
It was a huge deflection mm-hmm. off of a tiny branch at, at 20 yards. Yeah. And it was one of those things where it's like, man, it's it's close, but it's not. And also the way that Travis set it up was his scoring was awesome. Yeah, it was It was great. a 10-8-0. Right. So, like realistic hunting shots. Yeah, exactly. Where he straight up said, like, it's just like on the mountain. If you don't get, you know, vitals guess what? You don't get the animal. Right. That ten eight zero was awesome. Yeah. And so many 3D archery shooters, like we shot, we shoot a lot of 3D archery. Well, not a lot of, you know, competition style, but, you know, for fun against people yeah. at JP Outdoor shoots. And, you know, we get into this mindset of, you know, a hit's a hit, but it's not. It, it's, it's really not. The ten eight zero score is is really... It's a humbling experience. It is because we're used to seeing ten eight five yes. x ten eight five. Yeah, you, you hit it in the you hit it in the rear quarter and you get a five. Yeah, that's yeah. a constellation prize that no one deserves. Yeah, no one gets it. And, and the fact that that Travis set it up for hunters, it wasn't set for the trad shooters. It wasn't sh- uh, set for um, the competition shooters. It was a setup course for the hunter because that, it was the preseason. Right. And, and his whole thing, Travis is whole deal with that shoot is that he wants guys and gals to shoot all year round. He doesn't want guys, oh, it's three weeks before the season and they pick up their bow and go get it tuned and shoot a half dozen arrows through it and go, I'm good. Throwing arrows at 60 yards during the season. He wants guys and gals to shoot year round. And he said that the scores, the average score was higher than last year. So he's attributing that to uh, guys and gals shooting their bows more. Yeah. And it's, it shoots like those and, and people like Travis who put on shoots like those who are really changing the hunting community. And that's something that, you know, I don't have a lot of time talking to the guy and I, I talk to him and I see who he is as a hunter to be able to devote that, to be able to change, Oh yeah, you know, Dude, to the say, amount of time he had. yeah, to say, Hey, I know how 3d hunt, or I know how 3d shoots work. I know how, you know, these normal competition goes, these normal competitions go, but let's put it on its head. Right. Well, and the Balboa venue is the perfect venue. Okay. It's more so that the JP outdoor shoots we shoot, we try to get them as realistic as possible. Um, as far as, but typically they're, they're pretty flatland shoots yeah, just because location. Yeah. They're flat and clear. Right. It, and Travis's shoot was not flat. I, I mean, I think every, every target had an angle on it. Yeah. They all had angles on them. Some were steep, some were pretty mellow, but all the mellow, mellow shots, they all had something in the way. Yep. They it, had, it wasn't just a 20 yard shot yeah, or a 30 yard shot or it, even a 40 yard shot. Which we are, we can do forty yard shots easy. Blindfolded. I mean, like the steel targets. You know, those those were like the clearest, uninterrupted shot pass out there at forty yards. What were both of the steel targets at forty? I can't remember. One was at forty, and the other one may have been at forty four or something. I don't think the one that you're we had to sit, draw back, hold for thirty seconds, and then shoot. That wasn't sixty yards, was it? I don't think so. No, I think that was 40 as well. But I guess what I'm saying is that those were the only targets that I can remember that were like almost nothing in the way, right? Mm -hmm. And dudes were still breaking arrows at 40 yards. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you should be training for that perfect 40 yards. That's what you, that's, if you can't find 40 yards of clear place to put down your your foam target at home or in a field or some somewhere to practice and you can't nail that shot something's going on so either you're 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 crushing under the the weight of competition yeah um because hey it should be something you practice that target was pretty big like we're used to shooting steel um at 20 yards at 20 yards at a ping pong ball or less yes and it's one of those things where if you you make it you make it if you don't make it, you pay the consequence. You lose your arrow; yep. it explodes. Boom. Yeah, and you know, Travis was. Uh, it was great because he. It wasn't just a straight up steel shoot. It was you have to add the complication of, or the complexity of. Hey, draw your bow back and hold it for thirty seconds. Yep. And that's something that people don't often practice. Like I've never practiced that no, shot before. No, I, I'd never done that either. The only time I'd ever like honestly drawn back and held a shot was when I'm 
trying to shoot a deer. Yeah, exactly. And he had the foresight to say, hey, we need let's to do, this. do that. Yeah, it was awesome. And it was so cool. Like, it just goes to one of those things where we've talked about it before in different episodes about networking. Mm-hmm. And even Steve said, you know, hey, the more people you talk to and the more people you shoot with and you hunt with, you'll learn 10 different ways to skin a cat 10 different ways from 10 different people. Yep. And with Travis's shoot, it showed me that, hey, I'm practicing wrong. Right. I, I could be not practicing wrong because I'm still practicing. Any right. practice is good practice. But I could be practicing more right. Right. You could be practicing better. Yeah, exactly. More efficiently, more effectively. Yeah. Making my shots count. Because there are other crazy things that he set up, like you have to draw your bow back and then move. Move. Yeah, exactly. That's something I've never practiced before. I, I'd never done that before. And it was uh, it was an eye-opening thing. You know, you're actually thinking, as you're drawn back, you're thinking about where you're placing your feet because you got your bow's ready to go. Yeah. You know, you trip, you fall. I mean, you know what I mean? There's, It, it was as realistic as you can get it just based on the shot angles, uh, the situations that they put you in before you're supposed to uh, release your arrow. Like, like awkward tree stand shots. Yeah. Remember the awkward tree stand shot? No, I didn't do that one. But the, I saw Hunt Sheet, Ty saw Tony's uh, picture where he's like backwards. Yeah, exactly. It, you had to literally face the other way around, draw, spin at the hips, and release an arrow. Like awkward tree stand, right? Mm-hmm. Then there was one, uh, I want to say the bow and arrow shot put it on. It was shooter doe at 40. You had five. I think you have 15 seconds and it, you go 15 seconds is a long time so you draw you hit a doe at 40 you got to come back uh sink another arrow and a coyote at 15 yeah. all within 15 or 21 21 yards sorry coyote at 21 yards and uh it was super cool but the guys that have a single pin like if yeah. that and that's kind of a real you know it was it was a fun shot like you shoot a doe boom and then you, you know you have 15 seconds to knock another arrow and get an arrow into the coyote right mm-hmm. and that's a cool thing you know but dealing with uh dealing with your your dial on your single pin like it was kind of hard I, I i hit it and i did it it was great i think i had like a second to spare yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's like th- things like that that push the envelope and get you uncomfortable that are going to make you a better hunter and it also keeps training fun and that was the most fun I've had at a 3D shoot in a long time. And I didn't even get to finish the course all the way. Yeah, you had to go. Yeah, I had some time constraints. But th- everything that I did shoot, I enjoyed the heck out of. Because it was just like, it was so different than anything I was used to. And even the shots that I were used to, I was like, okay, I know I should be able to hit this. Yeah. Like our second um, second shot of the day was a ram at like, I think, 42 four yards or something like that yeah and nailed it boom dude it was perfect and i was like all right good you're on it but our first shot of the day was a shot at two yards yeah and it was to simulate like hey Uh, could you shoot a rattle rattle rattlesnake yeah can you shoot a rattlesnake if you needed to at two yards it was super cool it was probably without a doubt i'll tell you this much without a doubt it was the best shoot i've ever shot yeah it was just it was it was epic it was good Met a lot of cool people up there. The best shot, the best target that I feel like it was, was that 80, 80 yarder or 81 yard elk. Oh, yeah. Remember? And you couldn't, you could, you had to bury your pin in the dirt yep. to get it to sink. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I missed that shot. I got a shot in the dirt. Uh, there's really no excuse. Well, um, <laughs> that, that's a shot I've never taken, but let yeah. me tell you, I throttled it. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Brandon did excellent. That picture's on our Instagram. But it was just one of these shots where it's a standing full-size elk 3D target, but it's hidden to where on the shooting line, you can only see the antlers and the spine. That's it. Yeah. That's all you can see. Yeah. And, you know, on the on the course directions, it says, oh, you know, you can look, you can walk up to it and see where the vitals are, but you have to shoot from the 80-yard line. Yeah. And 80 yards is a long shot, but an elk is a big animal. You yes. know what I mean? And, you know, I still managed to botch it. I've done 80-yard shots. I well, can, yeah. And, like, it was just, like, one of those things where it's like, hmm, why did that happen? It's You didn't, because you had to literally bury your pin yeah. in the dirt where 80 yards, your arrow's eight arcing. Mm-hmm. It's coming yeah, in course. at a downward angle. So yeah. if you bury your pin in the dirt. Yeah, it's still going to go clear, where you that. You clear the mound. Yeah, exactly. And you clear the mound. And it was just, one, it was a testament to Travis's thinking with, Hey, how cool would that be? Because it's a realistic shot. And right. he told us a story of what made him do that shot. And 
he was like, yeah, there was a guy um, who I talk I was talking to, and then he saw his his animal, and then it just crested uh, on the backside of a hill, and that's all he could see. So he modeled that shot after it, and it was just one of those things where conceptually, like on the field, you realize like, oh, all I have to do is bury my front pin. But like he was saying, so many people were like, oh, I need to change my dial to this, and then right. I'll shoot at the spine, and then this yeah. and that. But really, it's just like, hey, the arrow is going to go in the same path right. every single time. If right. the distance is 80, guess what? And you see that animal, and hey, you know that arrow travels in an arc. Guess what? If you just put your pin where the vitals would be if that hill wasn't there, you're going to get that arrow there. Trust your gear. But it also is an ethical, uh, like an ethical question whether or not you shoot or not. Well, at eighty yards, I don't know if I would. But I mean, you I don't mean, you don't know what your backstop is. No, you have no idea. Yeah, but it was just it was a situational. It was just to put you in the situation to, you know, take that shot. Yeah, take it. Get See your what mind happens. thinking. Yeah, yeah, get your mind thinking. And then the next the next shoot or the next uh, shot that was up, you actually rolled up to Travis's station, and he yeah. what was that at seventy? Yeah, yards? it was like seventy something yards. It was. You draw, not pointing at the animal, then you do a walk up to the shooting line, and there was a buck, like, hidden. Right. Like, you can get a clear, you can definitely see the foam insert, but it was nested between a bunch of different trees. trees, Like a series of different eucalyptus trees. It was like a 12-inch by 12-inch opening or or a 12-inch wide opening that you had to thread the needle, right? Yeah, it was like... I think it was three or four different eucalyptus trees, but they were all branching in a certain way where you have this hole that you can shoot through. And if you make it, you're going to make it. But if you don't, you're going to stick your carbon into some, into some uke. Yeah. Um, in your SOL. It was so sick. And it was just one of those things where you, you know, talk is cheap where yeah. you just straight up said, like a lot of people say they can take that shot, but here's the real, right. Or the real proof here's, is in the pudding. Yeah, here it is. And it not, I'm not quoting him, but. You know, right? It, yeah, there was that wasn't a quote, Travis. <laughs> yeah, Travis. Sorry, man. I but you know, <laughs> it was I'm just, doing my best here. It was just overall a great shoot, and it's amazing that he puts that on. And and from like for all intensive purposes, I do believe he's going to do it again. Yeah. I, I think he's going to continue to have these shoots, and hopefully, they get bigger and bigger. I think there was over a hundred people there. Yeah, it was uh, the prizes, the raffle. It was all great. It was it was a great community event. There was no judgment there. Tons of people. Everyone was super yeah, friendly. Everyone was just having a good time. Yeah, we. You know who we did meet were the the Muley Assassins. Yeah, those guys were those guys were awesome. They, we were actually following them, and we were doing a little bit of recon on some of their hits and everything like that for safety, of course. You know, we wanted to make sure that the targets were clear and yeah, the yeah. were pulled. But they were on fire. Dude. Gus shoots those guys. Those guys are on point. They're 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 beasts. There's yeah. no question that they, they're going to they slay more and more animals, oh, yeah. and they're going to deserve it because they put the work in. Yeah, they're coming on the podcast. Yeah, I hope I hope so, man. Well, it ain't a hope. They said they're doing it, and well, I'm holding to I it. Mean, yeah, I mean, we'll get them on here, but I hope it's sooner rather than later. Well, that's the thing. They actually uh, so they got some hunts coming up, and and um, at the end of the shoot, we were talking about it. And they, they do, they want to kind of thread the needle in between some of our hunts and some of theirs. And, and they're going to come on sooner rather than later. I think, Perfect. That, I think the end of September is when they want to come on, which will be outstanding. Great. Yeah, yeah. They want to come over and barbecue and there, there's like five of those guys. So I don't know how we're going to do it to be honest with you, yeah. but we might have to figure it out. I don't know, man. But honestly, those, they're all, the two guys that we met were awesome. Yeah. Um, and, um, really if you can make it out to some of those shoots, go. Like, wh- it doesn't have to be an SD Muley shoot or it doesn't have to be a JP Outdoor shoot. Just shoot with other people who train differently than you do. Yeah. Because you'll learn a lot. Yeah. And you'll learn a lot about how you deal with success and failure in practice. Yeah. And, uh... It, w- practice is... <laughs> practice, you know, you gotta practice, period. You gotta practice. You, you gotta be efficient in the yardages you're gonna shoot. Mm-hmm. Period. You do because then you add in the factor of a, an animal in front of you, and your heart races. And yeah. then that was an actual shot that Travis made us do too. Right after you shot at, right after we shoot that steel target at the bottom of the canyon, that next shoot was come up and it was on that doll sheet. Remember, we had a brisk walk up yeah. it. It was a pretty steep hill. It was probably at like a twenty degree incline. Yeah, or something and it like was that. pretty. I don't even know how a couple hundred yards maybe, but you or a hundred yards maybe. You yeah. had to walk up it and then draw and shoot right away. Yeah. So it was to replicate your heart rate being up and and um those are those are the types of shots that are cool 
You know, mm-hmm. the the ones that are out of your element instead of being in your backyard dropping arrows in at 20 yards. Yeah. You know, there's nothing that there's nothing that can replicate hunting. There there just really isn't. You can only get close to it, right? And and that shoot this weekend was you know, it was hot. It was a yeah. lot of hiking. I mean, I don't know how far the whole course was, but it was it was up there. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a walk around the neighborhood. It was probably like a three quarter mile thing up and down, varying terrain. Yeah, yeah, it was. It probably was, and it was super cool. It actually took three hours to shoot, but it didn't feel like three hours. Yeah, it felt because you're just having a ton of fun, man. Yeah, man. And um, I kind of lost my train of thought, but it was just a great shoot overall, and it was a lot of fun. And I I hope we get Travis on here. I mean, he's coming on. Yeah. Yeah, Travis. Travis is gonna come on. He wants to come on, and I told him. I said, man, you come on and, and you tell your story. Let, let's get the word out because the more uh, participation in those shoots, the more the more hopefully hunters we can get out of it. You oh know? yeah, that's where I was going. Uh, oh, next, next, whatever shoot that he's doing next, I'll definitely be there because it was awesome, man. It was great. And it was great to just pick his brain and, dude, he's like the epitome of welcoming new hunters. It's yeah. One, he's he's supporting them, and two, he's growing the community in an ethical way. Yeah. Not just growing it to grow it, you know, just for the likes or the pictures or whatever notoriety. He's growing it to make our community better. And there's so few people like him, but it just goes to show you that one man, you know, with the drive can do it. Right. And of course, you know, um yeah, the bow and arrow shot backed him too and um they backed that shoot and they did a lot of they did a lot of help with that, and they had a huge presence there. Yeah, Bruce from the bow and arrow shop has a team, and he brought all his guys down, and I think they're all part of the team. Like, I don't know Bruce personally. I've met him a handful of times. Like, I met him years ago through SCH, Southern California Hunting, and then I met um, – I think it was the second time I met him. I actually walked up and introduced him and introduced myself. I said, hey, Bruce, I'm Brandon, you know, Ridge Ridge Outdoors Podcast. He's like, man, super supportive, super supportive of us, and – uh we just kind of chit chatted for half a minute and, and I just ran into him off and on into the shoot and, and super cool guy, super personal, you know, he, he'll talk to anybody. He's a good guy. And, and I've never personally been into a shop, but I've been meaning to go into his shop and uh, all my buddies that I know, they all go in there and they swear by that guy. Super, yeah. super good guy. Takes the time. Tony from hunt, shoot, drag mm-hmm. went in there and he loves that guy, man. Those guys are like, it's funny, man. Those guys are like best friends. They ran into each other <laughs> at the end of the shoot. And they're, I don't know, man. It was, it, I was like, dang, man, you really know Bruce, huh? And he's like, oh man, this guy's great. You know, he loves him, you know? And, uh, it was super cool. That, that whole environment, it's like a family environment. Like, like I said, there's no judgment there. Everybody's there to, to participate in the same thing. It was for like, I know there's guys out there that want to shoot those shoots but don't because they're nervous yeah and it's okay to be nervous it is it's okay like if i if i dropped into that shoot i'd be like oh my god what am i doing i'm a poser i don't i don't deserve to be here but um my brother paul is uh he he actually has another one of jp's bows that he sold to him right um and he's starting to learn and he's kind of got that kind of mentality of like oh you know i don't know how to start and it's kind of difficult to start hunting and even start archery without a mentor. Right. And one of the biggest things that you can do is just get out there and put yourself out there and ask questions. Yeah. Because if people are going to judge you, they're going to judge you. But there's so many people in the hunting community who don't care about judgment. They right. just want to help you. Yeah. And I guarantee you, every one of those groups that, that was at the shotgun start would have taken a, a single guy that was standing there looking for someone to shoot with. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, of course it's a little nerve wracking if you're not, uh, you know, socially experienced to right. say, Hey, I'm shooting alone. Can I join your guys' right. party? Right. But that'd that's be, all you have to say. That's all you have to say. That'd probably be a hard question to ask, but I'll tell you what, if someone would have told us that, absolutely. Dude, we had plenty of room. Oh, we had tons of room and, <laughs> and there was groups that were shooting with like nine people in them. Yeah, exactly. You know? So it wasn't a matter of, Oh, you can only have four people per group. No, there was a people that were running around together cause they're all buddies and stuff. And yeah. it just worked out great. Um, I, I truly believe the archery community and those types of shoots are, are extremely friendly. Yeah, they are. They were all friendly, all saying hi to us. Hey, how you guys doing? You know, you know, I, I promoted the podcast quite a bit just because mm-hmm. I want to spread the, spread the word you know i yeah. but everyone was super receptive to it and man they right on man keep it up we we listened to it. tons of people came up to us saying hey i listen to the podcast it's awesome keep up the good work we're just spreading the word of san diego county you know getting us on the map yeah and it's funny because like 
we're just two dudes sitting in your spare bedroom talking about hunting. Right. And it's crazy to think that like maybe one day we'll influence enough as many people as Travis has. Right. Or Steve has. Yeah. And how crazy is that to be it, stewards of what we have? I know I push it a lot, stewards and networking right. and ethical hunting, but that's what I'm about. Like, this is my life now. Yeah. Well, and, it, you're absolutely right. But, you know, Travis Travis does a good job, but there's a lot of people that assisted in that. And one, yeah, of, one of the guys that uh, we haven't talked about yet that um, was a sponsor of the shoot was Devin from Victory Archery. Yeah, and that kind of that perfectly segues into uh, another big thing that we have to say. Um, Ridge Ridge Outdoors is now a proud partner, partner ambassador. Yeah, how do you want to put it? Of Victory Archery, yeah, man. the Carbon Arrow Experts. Man, I'm I'm super pumped. Yeah, and how crazy is that, dude? It's awesome because, like, I don't know. It's just a huge opportunity. Well, you know, I I had reached out to him, and 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 this is. I had reached out to them because they're a local company for one. Yeah. They're and number two, I guess it should be actually the other way around. Number one, I shoot victory arrows and <laughs> I've shot them the entire time I've been a bow hunter. Yeah. And and to be honest, like when I wrote the letter and I reached out to him, I told I told whoever was on the other end of that, which ended up being Devin, I said, uh, regardless of what happens, I'm still gonna shoot victory archery. It yeah. don't it, it you know, my VAPs, man, my VAPs are everything. Like I truly believe in that product and that's what I shoot and I won't I won't uh, differ from that. So when I was talking to him, I told him, look, man, we're starting out. This is a young podcast, but our viewership is up. We, uh, you know, we got a, we got a foothold in San Diego and, and we want to rep victory archery. Yeah. You know? do, do we have your permission? And he was all on board, man. He, he was fully supportive of us. I truly believe they believe in what we're doing. He said that, um, basically you guys are a local company and we like to stay local and, and it was just talking to him. And then I finally put a face to the name at the shoot. And, you know, we saw him down on that bottom, bottom goalie down below. And I gave him that shirt, super cool guy, man. And, and I actually sat with him at the end of the shoot and we talked hunting, we talked arrows. He I actually had an issue on my bow tech with my limb, uh, delaminating. Oh, yeah. And he was super helpful with that and told me, Hey man, you know, we got a good relationship. I'll, I'll help you out if I need to, you know, whatever. And he was just super supportive of us. And, uh, man, I'm pumped to be moving forward with these guys. Yeah. We're not, we're not paid to say this. We just love the freaking product, man. And it's just great that, you know, we, we, you threw the line out there. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take no credit. I just, I just helped produce the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't care, man. I, you know, I just truly believe in their product and, um, it's never failed me. Yeah. Never has failed me. I mean, I'll shoot these arrows and like Patrick said, and we're not paid to say this stuff, so don't be thinking that, but I, I shoot, I don't even know how many shots I get out of an arrow, man, until I break it on some steel. Yeah. I've, ne- I've never have a, I've never had an arrow, you know, unless I bury it into some rocks or something. Yeah. You know? And then you just cut it. You just give it to me and I cut yeah, it down and, to my and, length and, and you then cut it down. <laughs> but, I'm not picky. I, I shoot these arrows religiously and I still, I think I still have a couple arrows from two or three years ago that I still shoot, man. Yeah. And we're not, we're not scientists or anything like that, but we know when an arrow performs and an arrow doesn't, it's the proof is in the pudding. And, uh, Devin was saying, Hey, if you guys have any arrow related questions, go ahead and forward us for us, Brandon and I, those questions. So we, we get Devin on the podcast, we can go ahead and ask him because there's a lot of tech and arrows that not a lot of people understand. And I don't really understand it, but, um, I know they shoot better than the, all the, the, not all of them, but they perform consistently out of my bow and the way that I shoot and the frequency at which I shoot. And that goes across the board with all of their arrow brands, like all their, all their, um, rip TKOs. Yeah. The rip TKOs, the VAPs, um, and even some of their gamer series, like it doesn't even have to be like a crazy, I actually thought about shooting their, their green label gamer. Yeah, exactly. You and know? I've shot them dude, because once again, I said, I'm not picky when it comes to arrows. Like, uh, I used to be like, I, my quiver used to be the boneyard of arrows. Oh, everyone, everyone's <laughs> snapping arrows off and you're cutting them and shooting them. Yeah. Cause dude, like I first starting off in archery and shooting at the, uh, at the rate that I was indoors, I was losing quite a bit of arrows due to Robin Hoods. I don't, I don't mean to toot my own horn or anything like that, but right. 
at, at a point I was like, I don't have enough money to sustain my the rate at which I'm doing this. So what ended up happening happening was I had more time than money in the shop. So what I would do is if somebody like you would break an arrow or, you know, nick it or something like that, I would cut it to my length. Right. And, What's and your draw? It's like 27 inches. Oh, there you go, you know? <laughs> Brandon shoots like a 31 or 32-inch yeah. so, arrow. You know, I nick an arrow up front or whatever. And, or in the and, back. It yeah, doesn't, it doesn't even them. matter. You know, to me, I just like do the flex test, check if it's still straight, get it on the, get it on the balancer and say, hmm. It's ready to go. It'll work. I'll tell you what, <laughs> I've never, I've never Robin Hood never robin hooded a vap um all the not that i don't shoot tight groups at 20 what i what i have noticed is that i'll shoot the group so tight that they the diameter of the vap at least are so yeah so skinny mm-hmm. that i just break knocks yeah. nicks a knock boom knock will pop out like it'll break a knock i'll just change the knockout yeah you know i i don't think i've ever robin hooded a vap i just think it kind of deflects because it's such a a thin diameter you would have to be yeah, I've done it. Right. Oh well. Yeah, I have. Sorry, so, sorry, Brandon. I've oh, done excuse it. me. They're not. They're not impervious to Robin Hood. Well, I'm just saying, I've never Robin Hood one. I just, man. Yeah, especially on uh, like if you're doing 3D archery, you know, and you're shooting with two people mm-hmm. who are you know of similar skill, you're gonna be you're gonna be breaking each other's arrows. You're pretty gonna be quick. bumping shafts. Yeah, but you know. I've shot everything from Easton Arrows to Black Eagle to Victory, you know, even some like weirder ones um, where it's just like, why do I have this arrow? But I just like back to what I was saying, I had more time than money. So what I'd do is I'd, if I got three arrows or more of the same type, I would just cut them and tune my bow to that arrow and try them out. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I would refletcher them. Yeah. And rebuild them just because, dude, I, you know, the shop was slow at times yeah. and I would just say, hey. I want to be a better archer, so right. how do I do that? I try out gear. I just try it out and try it out. Right. But Victory just makes a a beautiful product for one, and it, it performs. Every time. And Every time. Like I get a lot of pride uh, thinking about how many ripped TKOs I've blown up um, just by Robin Hooding them. Yeah, that the, the carbon killer that I have... Um, I was I was telling Devin, you know, a lot of VAPs have met their doom on that thing, and a lot of money has gone across that thing. But uh, those arrows, they, they're just so consistent that when I got over the learning curve of shooting that thing, shooting the carbon killer, I was yeah. able to thread the needle every time. Yeah, you and know? it was just one of those things where it's it gives you a lot of confidence knowing that it's not going to be your arrow that lets you down. Yeah. I, it's going to be you that lets yes, you down or I, your bow. I shoot, like I said earlier, you know, I shoot the same arrows over and over and over again. The consistency is always there. And when I'm shooting at 60, 70 yards, 80 yards, and you, you let an arrow go, and you watch that go into the 3D target, and you see a wobble on it, I never think to myself, oh, it's the shaft. Yeah. I always go, uh, <clears throat> it's always, you know, to be honest with you, it's always the fill tip. Yeah. It's never the insert. Mm-hmm. And it's, sometimes it's the fletchings, one's ripped or whatever, and then you just refletch it. I've refletched every arrow in my quiver a handful of times mm-hmm. you know so i'm just saying like durability wise you can't you can't beat them man yeah they're you there. cannot beat them and um like yeah exactly echoing what brandon was saying like 99 percent of the time it's a field tip that's jacked up you know what i mean yeah you hit something too hard or you hit the you hit one of the posts on the inside of a 3d target because you didn't yeah. change your 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 pin mm-hmm. and you know, hey, you hit something hard, whether it's a rock or, or that metal insert or another arrow, and you jack up that field tip, you just, hey, replace it. Yep, that's it. But that shaft isn't going to let you down. No, the shaft's a good shaft, dude. And uh, I'm not saying that you have to go out and buy them. I'm saying you should give them a try because yeah. you'll be pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. I, I would tell everybody, you know, I, like Bass and Rob was saying, what kind of arrow should I get? I'm like, <laughs> Dude, you know what I tell you, you know? Yeah. Get those VAP elites, man. That's yeah. it. I I tell everybody, Victory Arrows, that I just am a through and through VAP believer. I yeah. I will shoot VAPs and that's all I'm shooting, man. Yeah, I like the VAP. I'm I, I flip flop between the the rip TKO and the VAP. Right. Just because they're I mean I, I shot some like back when I first started, I think I had 
some ripped TKOs. Mm-hmm. They were fine. I liked them. But when John brought the micro diameter VAP out, man, when he brought that out, I was uh, I was very impressed with it. And I was like, oh, I'm switching. And I switched. And I, I'll never go again. Like I'll never, I'll never deter. Like I'm, I'm sticking with them. The Elite Series, man. I got to. That's my, that's my arrow. Yeah, I, go with I, what I believe you know. in it. I believe in it. I'm confident in it. And it's never failed me. So that's that's what I'm going with. And and that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. And like we said earlier, you know, we're not paid to do this. Like we'd honestly just tell you the gear that we like because we want to help you. If we shoot gear, it's because we've we've done things, you know, we've learned the hard way. Yeah. Of, of hey, an arrow that sucks. Or, you know, whether it's a tent or a sleeping bag. It's the same thing with that. Like we'll tell you, hey, you know, if you can afford it, get Nemo products yeah. or get, you know, go to REI and buy, you know, X, Y, or Z because, hey, it's comparable to X, Y, or Z. Right. And we just want to help you guys out. And one of the biggest things that can really, like, get you to be the next level hunter is your arrow choice and their consistency. Like, it's amazing. It's amazing what it can do to inspire confidence and also tuning your bow to your arrow. Yeah. A lot of people just think, oh, an arrow is an arrow is an arrow. Yeah, that ain't true. Yeah, no. That's not and true. And that's at just kind of that's kind of the basics of it. But people think of like think of their bow as a car and they think of arrows as gas. And it's no, it's totally not the right. same thing. Well, I like I said, man, you know, Victory Arrow, they're they're a proud supporter of us and we're a proud supporter of them. And I uh, can't wait to get Devin on. So any of you listeners out there that want to hear any any uh, info on the techie stuff of arrows shoot shoot us questions on all of the uh platforms we have out there and and we'll write them down and get them answered yeah of course oh speaking of tuning stuff i had my bow re-strung and re-cabled by archery geeks custom strings brandon actually won a set of their strings and cables at a jp outdoor shoot yep and he gave them to me uh and then they made me custom strings they match my tacoma uh, the TRD blue and then, yeah. uh, and then the TRD red. So I kind of nerded out on that, but looks good. I had Jared from, uh, archery geeks and JP outdoors. He's JP's son. Yeah. I had him tune my bow, which I never let other people do. Right. Because you tune your bow to you. Right. Like as an, as a shooter, like I know how to tune my own bow. Right. And I used to work behind, you know, work behind yeah, the counter. Absolutely. So I, ch- I kind of took a chance on it and I was like, yeah, sure. I'll let, I'll let Jared do it. And he showed me the picture of his bullet hole. Um, I know we shoot differently, but he he paper tuned it perfectly uh, to his style of shooting. We're similar, but we're not the same. Right. Um, but I took that sucker out, and dude, she's slamming. Lights out. Yeah, lights out. Brand new set. I like, was so surprised at your score. Yeah. Even like at well, the half- I was doing well. Yeah, I shouldn't say your score because you didn't finish, but I was so surprised at the shooting that you were doing. Yeah, being fresh. Like, I had not shot before uh, that shoot, like, actually at my previous level for months. Probably eight months. Probably last season. Yeah, at that previous level. Yeah. I mean, you had shot, and you still shoot, but at that skill level. Yeah. Like, that the consistency of the, the solid shots that you were making. And yeah. it gave me a ton of confidence when, Great. yeah, when that ball was rolling, it was rolling good. Yeah, it was. But I messed up and I didn't change my sight tape because I'm an idiot. And it's a mistake that I had to learn once and that's it. Well, I'll never make that I'll mistake I'll tell you again. what, didn't seem like it. Yeah. Didn't uh, seem like that, that sight tape was off. Yeah, it was close enough, but it wasn't perfect. Speaking of my bow, uh, that yeah. bottom limb on the outside starting to delaminate. Yeah, it was. Oh my gosh, it's, that scared me, man. Yeah. So, for those of you who don't know, um, limbs are made out of some sort of laminate material. Um, I believe in the case of your Bowtech, they're laminated carbon fiber. Right. Uh, sometimes they're made out of fiberglass. Sometimes they're you know. Sometimes yeah, they're made the, out of wood. It was a piece of uh, carbon that was coming out of that. Yeah, thing. literally splintering. Like a yeah. toothpick. Yeah. It it wasn't so deep, but it was it was deep enough to concern me. Yeah. And it that's was, some and, bad juju right there. Yeah, and it, it messed me up through the shoot and I was it head games because if you don't trust your equipment, you know, you're not gonna be on point and I didn't shoot as good as I'd like, but it is what it is and, and ultimately I guess long story short is I got new limbs coming. 
Um, that was that was actually part of the reason why I decided to forfeit my tag as well because yeah. my bow wasn't going to be ready. They yeah, they was, should be here tomorrow. With with a bow, it's so important that you know there's no imperfections in its construction, and I've seen bows explode before my eyes, and it is terrifying. Probably loud. There's so much tension on that bow, just even when it's just sitting there. You get your finger in the wrong spot when it's just sitting there, dude, that sucker explodes, you're losing your finger. Yeah, it's gone, man. You get that sucker fully drawn back and that sucker explodes, you're losing an eye. And that's what's scary. That's what scared me about it because I saw that it was splintering and I'm like, ah, what am I going to do? You know, do I shoot? And then I'm like, it's on the edge. It's not too deep. It's just kind of peeling off. And and I actually cut it and I marked it, Yeah. you know, because it, it would like, it was literally a splinter. It probably would have stuck in me, you know? So I cut it and I marked it. And, and as I shot, it only creeped a little bit more, um, finished the shoot towards the end of the shoot. I started shooting real good. Uh, cause I, I just figured, well, if it was going to blow, it would already blown anyways. Uh, that's a sketchy thing to think about. Well, that's what I thought. Man. We didn't travel to 60 miles to shoot, to not shoot. Right. Right. So then, you know, you got, I got home that night, the next morning I pulled my bow out of the case and it had splintered some more. And I said, Oh no, I said, that's it. That's not good news. Got a hold of Evan. I hear about that. Yeah. I I got a hold of Evan. He's a, he's a, the other half of archery. Yeah. He's the other owner. Yep. He was the other owner of archery geeks, custom strings. And, um, I said, dude, he works at a bow shop and uh, I said, Hey man, I need this bow warranted and, and, uh, gave it to him. He did his thing and got limbs on the way. That's awesome. Yeah, so hopefully I'll have my bow back together uh, by Sunday this weekend and, and tune in and get all that tuned out on Sunday and then start shooting next week and make sure everything's lined up for September 5th. Yeah. Me, John, and Sean and his buddy from Arizona are going to go chase elk in Utah. Sean going to make it? Says he is. Sean's that kind of hunting buddy that says he wants to hunt and he just doesn't end up making it for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the guy to death. Yeah, I, I mean, love him. I, you know, he he was kind of dropping off. He he was going through a lot of stuff this year, um, family, personal stuff, and and uh, for for what I can see, he seems like he's going to go. Bought a bunch of gear. I'll tell you what, if he doesn't go, he spent a hell of a lot of money. That's true. So, I mean, but hey, he he might have more time or more money than time. You know that, what I mean? That's true. That happens a lot. It does. But. I know. I'm excited for you. Yeah, I'm pumped. You got you, know. you got a ton of cool stuff going on. I life's a little bit more uncertain for me, and uh, this is probably the last time I'm going to say it. Um, uh, I've been going through the academy. I said I said it before, and I'm about to graduate really soon here. And um, I just got news the other day that I'm looking at Brandon dead in the eyes right now. That I'm the number one performing RSL recruit. God damn. That's pretty intense. That man. means I got to pick my duty station. So you already know. I already know. Where are you going, dude? <laughs> I'm going to, to I'm going to uh Temecula. Are you serious? Temecula Patrol. Dude, I've been asking you for weeks, bro. You're doing this again to me on <laughs> yeah. this thing. I've been asking you for weeks. What's going on, dude? You heard it, where you're gonna go? Where you know, so you they already told you you're they number me, one. They told me yesterday. You're like Valedictorian of the of the yeah. class. Not not of the entire class. There's still the other PDs. Right, right. Of my RSO of everybody in Riverside County, this basic academy class, I'm the number one position overall from Riverside Sheriff's Department. Wow. Yeah. Wow, and they gave you your duty station. They gave so you're gonna me. Be, you're going to be here in Temecula? Yeah, I'm going to be right here, dude. Where I where we produce this podcast, I'm going to be patrolling these streets. Oh, wow, man. That's pretty intense. Yeah. Damn. But so, that's the last so when time. I call the cops on my crazy ass <laughs> neighbor, man, you're going to come also yeah. you're going to come rolling up. Yeah. I'll be rolling up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, I just wanted to share that with right you. Right on, man. Well, and congratulations. Thank you. And this will be the last time I ever talk about cop stuff on the on the, po- on well, the podcast. Well, that's okay, man. That'll be it. That's but fine. I just wanted to share that with you. Yeah, man. This isn't this isn't you know personal life stuff. This is hunting yeah, podcast. But you know what? Congratulations. Podcast. I'm sure everybody that's listening is probably clapping their hands. Yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy. If you guys made it this far, we're already an hour into it. Yeah. But it's Dude. just my my schedule is going to be crazy. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm going to make time for hunting. Fucking a man. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make time for hunting no matter what. Dude, congratulations. Thank you, Brandon. That's amazing. <laughs> Right on, man. I know. That's I worked my fun. tail off. Yeah, man. And you know what? I want to put it into perspective. Like the chapter in my life that I went through in terms of working and my work ethic, a lot of it was made 
in comparison to hunting. Like whenever I was, whenever it was sucking, whenever the day was hard, whenever I thought like, oh man, this is so dumb. I thought, I thought of all the lessons I learned on the mountain, you know, being patient, being fit, working hard, you know, keeping your head down and just pushing. And then also taking the time to stop and look around and take a breath. Yeah. And it was just nuts, man. Dude, over the past six months, man, it, it's gone by fast for you. I know it has. Yeah. And then um, you're going to look back in 10 years and you're going to go, that was the hardest part of my career. <laughs> I don't I don't think well, so. Well, I'm just saying, like, I, I'm just saying because you started out, you know, like that's it. You're going to reflect on it. Like I've always been where I work and what I do. The hardest part of my career was the first few years. Yeah. And then you start to move up, you progress, and then, you know, you, you end up getting into an easier position. I don't necessarily think that's the case with you, but I going through the academy was definitely not uh, an easy thing. No, it definitely I mean, you wasn't. were telling me all about it, so it's not like it's not like a walk, dropping the hat, you know, a walk in the park. So you, you worked for it, you earned it, and then on top of that, you graduate number one in your class. That It's a lot of dedication. I know there was times over the past six months, I'm like, where are that? F is Patrick. <laughs> yeah. I've been blowing this dude up for weeks and he ain't answering me. I'm going, God, did he die? And I remember I sent you a text. I said, dude, I'm going to call your parents or I'm going to go knock on your house, dude. I got to find you. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm okay. I'm just super busy. Yeah. And it was like, it was crazy. There's no other way that I can put it. Like time management, everything, energy, you know, devotion to what I was doing, focus, commitment. Yeah. Commitment. It had to be 100%. And it Good. paid off. It did pay off, dude. Hard and, work pays off, man. And it was the same thing. Like every single day I thought it was hard. I thought, man, it's just like season. It's yeah. just like training. Yeah. It's just like just like being out on the mountain. It's just like sucking wind, yeah. you know, at 12,000 feet yeah. or on a death march with John in the snow. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Well, dude. dude, listen, congratulations, man. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah. Hey, real quick, I just want to um, let the listeners... Uh, know that if you guys have any questions at all, uh, any guests you want to hear, upcoming guests we do have coming on is uh, Muley, Muley Assassins. Mm-hmm. We have Travis from SD Muley's. Yep. We have Devin from Victory Archery. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got Johnny uh, SD Hunts. Or uh, no, it's Johnny Hunts. Um, he's one of my buddies. He wants to come on as well. And we actually got two more guests that were in the works of uh, trying to get on that are are pretty established and, and um, uh, accomplished hunters that have crazy stories that I want to get them to dive into. Yeah. And uh, we got a lot of exciting things coming up. Oh, so. yeah. We have a guest that we might not be able to talk about. Works for the federal government. Yeah. Yeah. We might not. We'll just. No. We'll, we'll keep that a secret. Mm-hmm. And then we also have um, Jared and... Uh, Jared and Evan from yep. Archery Geeks. We want to get them talking on here because yeah, they yeah. make an awesome product. I'll stand behind them. Oh, yeah. I've been rocking their strings since I've been bow hunting. Uh, and then also, who else do we have? We have one more than... Oh, uh, 8-Bit Decals, the guy who designed... Or not designs, but prints our shirts. Yep. Also known as Cam Bear Pig. Yeah. Uh, Cameron, uh, co-worker of ours. And firearms enthusiast. He's one hell of a shooter. And he's a great guy. Super knowledgeable. Yeah, but his, his schedule is more strapped than we are. Like, we don't have kids. He yeah, has kids. So. I've been trying to get him on for, shoot, three weeks. I've been hitting him up, like, every other day. You yeah. ready? You ready? You ready? But that, that guy can talk. He can talk firearms. He can talk, you know, gun laws. He can talk about California's just general, oh, my gosh, gun culture. Yeah. And competition shooting, long-range shooting. All if you it. guys want to learn about optics, holy cow, that guy is a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. So if you guys have any questions for, for any of the guests or have any suggestions, criticism, uh, let us hear it. You know, we're, we're trying to do this for the long haul and, and we want to cater this to the listeners. So so make sure you guys reach out to us and let us know. Yeah. And hopefully you guys enjoyed this kind of just kind of an update uh, yeah. episode. Kind of all over the place, but we had a lot of stuff to throw down because we're growing. We're growing fast. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's great. We got we got feet on the ground and we're running. Yeah. And one, like, we're excited to where it's going. Yeah. We're running in the right direction yeah. with the right people. Yeah. Super, super cool. You know, big shout out to Victory Archery. Uh, yeah. The Carbon Arrow Experts. Yeah. Devin, thank you so much. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, for inviting us out there. That was awesome. Yeah. That's, that's great. You know, and um, look forward to working with you. 
Yeah, and if you guys are interested in buying a shirt, uh, let us know. We had we don't have a commerce site or anything up yet, but we'll figure out a way to get a shirt to you if you want it. Yeah, absolutely. You just you just shoot us shoot us your information. We'll send it out to you. Yeah, UPS, of course. However, yeah. we gotta do it. I whatever. don't know. We'll snail mail it. To, we'll walk it to you. If yeah, we need I don't to. know. I mean, it's local. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll drive it to you, man. <laughs> yeah. Get you at Deer Springs on the 15th. <laughs> yeah. You know. But anyways, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And once again. Just ask us questions, leave us feedback because we love to hear it on any uh, any platform where you're listening to this. Or you can just tell us in person next time you guys see us. Yep. And with that, that's another one. Yeah. You proud of me, Brandon? So proud. All right, dude, let's end this. <laughs> <laughs>